sooner or later, when you least expect it, there comes a point of no return, a dead end from which there seems no escape, a moment in time, a moment of crisis. Well, Wilcox, that's the sound of freedom out there. After eight years in prison, it must sound pretty good. Yeah, that it does, Warden. Well, I hope we never meet again. Good luck, kid. The criminologists, penologists, and social workers call it recidivism, meaning to fall back into the old ways. To be released from prison only to commit a crime again and return to a cell. Sadly, in this country, the odds are that once a man serves time, he'll boomerang back in again. Some say it's because society outside will reject the ex-convict, won't give him a decent chance to start life over again. In tonight's story, we meet Harry Wilcox, who's paid his debt to society and now hopes to rejoin it. But there are forces at work who'd like to see him back in prison again. And Wilcox would become just another boomerang. That's our title, Boomerang. Crisis will begin in just a minute. Tall and pale, Harry Wilcox, in a cheap brown suit, lugs a pasteboard suitcase up to the third floor of an apartment house six blocks from the ocean. He pauses, sets the suitcase down and knocks on a door. Hi, Bert. Harry, son of a gun. Uh, That's right. Today was the day, wasn't it? Who is it, Bert? Uh, It's your brother, Janice. Harry? Harry! How's my kid sister? Uh, Fine. Just fine, Harry. Well, come on in. Bert, take Harry's suitcase. Sure. No, no, no. That's all right. I guess you were, uh, having dinner. No, we were almost through. Uh, have you eaten, Harry? Yeah, um, I had a sandwich down at the bus station. Well, sit down. Uh, sit down and tell us. Well, how does it feel to be a... Well, how does it feel to be out? Great. So far, I'm not used to it yet. Listen, we'd have driven up and met you, only uh, we didn't know exactly what time. Bert's in business now, you know, for himself. Hey, that's great. Well, it takes an awful lot of time. I mean, if I could have gotten away. Hey, hey, no sweat. Gee, it's a nice place you got here. You've been married now, uh, how long? Five years in July. Five years. Gee, you've done real well. <laughs> Last I remember you was when you were still working down in Preston's garage, dating Janice every night. Well, a lot of things have changed since then. Yeah. <laughs> been a lot of changes. I don't suppose you ever see, uh, Boyd? Boyd? You mean, uh... Yeah, you know, uh, Larry Boyd. The one Harry said planned the robbery. Oh, no, I never see him. Oh, well, I, I just wondered. He's probably not even in town anymore. Yes, he is. He's the vice president of the savings and loan now. We used to get hometown newspapers. Well, you wouldn't want to see him anyway, would you? Well, I figure he owes me something. He fixed it so that it looked like I got away with $62,000. I'd done eight years for him. That's terrible. Yeah, well, I could have done worse. I got paroled on account of good behavior. 
could have done 20. Harry? Hmm? What do you think did happen to the money? Are you kidding? Boyd got it. Harry, if you're thinking about trying to get it back... Now, I... listen. You think I'm crazy? I was nuts to go along with the robbery idea. It was out of my head to have ever trusted him. But don't you worry. I don't want that money. I don't I don't even want to see it. Well, then, why do you want to see Boyd at all? Look, I got to eat. I figured now he's vice president, he can find me a job. That's all I want, a job. Good morning, enough. Uh, Wilcox. That's right. What are you doing? I came to collect a little favor you owe me. Oh, well, my my office is right over here. Fine. I've been following your career, Mr. Boyd. You've done all right. Get to the point. What do you want of me? If you think I have the money, you're wrong. You know, eight years in prison has dulled my taste for money somehow. Sure, you got the money. I left it in the back seat of your car, just like you said. You, you, you never did. Well, we went all through that at the trial, and the jury believed you instead of me. Okay, that's all history. But I tell you what, I never saw a penny of it. Yeah, I remember your testimony. Said you never slipped me the combination to the vault, or fixed it so that it'd be just you in the office at noon when I came in to clean the windows. Mm-hmm. What do you want, Wilcox? Boy, was I dumb. I dropped the dough in your car in a satchel and then wait for you to give me my split. Only it isn't you who comes calling on me, it's the cops. Wilcox, if you lay a hand on me, you'll go back to prison for good. Lay a hand on you? Yeah, I'd like to do. But, well, all I want from you is a little help, Boyd. Help? Yeah. I'm going to need a job. A job? You think I'd hire you? Why, the board of directors would throw me out of my ear if I tried to hire you. I don't want to work here, but you got contacts. You can find me something. I don't know. For an ex-con. Yeah, for an ex-con who did your eight years. Get out. You owe me eight years. Get out of my office or I'll call the police. You do that? Try me. I'm a respected member of the community, Wilcox. And even though you tried to finger me at the trial, nobody would believe your story. And nobody will believe it now. So, beat it. Okay. But I'll see you again. And I want a little more cooperation. Is that you, Harry? Yeah. Did you find work today? No. Hi, Harry. Hi. Look, uh, Harry... We've got to talk something over. Yeah? Uh, sit down. Janice and I have been trying to come up with some way to help you, Harry. Uh, we'd like to help you all we can, but... What Bert means is, we think you'd do a lot better if you tried another town. Oh? Well, I mean, this is the town where you committed your crime. Uh, it wouldn't have to be too far away. Uh, just far enough. Just far enough so I'd be out of your hair, isn't that it? Harry! Now, you don't have to paint me a picture. Well, it's just that Bert is... Trying to establish his ice cream store and... And it's embarrassing having an ex-con for a brother-in-law? Yeah, I'm sure it is. Now, wait a minute. Yeah, they told me how to be on the outside. Oh, Harry, for heaven's sake. But I said no. My sister and her husband will be different. <laughs> different. Now, hang on a minute. It won't take me long to pack my gear. Harry, listen no, to Bert, me. No, Bert. Let him go. Just let him go. <laughs> 
Black Cat Tavern stone business. Well, why not? that, too. Give me the check. What's the pitch? Oh, you don't know me, Mr. Wilcox. You know me. Well, somewhat. Should we move to a booth and talk? I don't want to talk. Well, all right. We can talk right out here in the open if you like. <laughs> My name's Dudley. I'm a private dick. What do you want with me? Oh, couple of things, Mr. Wilcox. All right. You see, I... I could play with a clean deck, hands above the table, know what I mean? So, I'm going to tell you in front, Mr. Boyd hired me. Boyd? Yeah, to assure himself that you wouldn't hassle him anymore. <laughs> I scare him that much, do I? Well, evidently. Two beers. That'd be 53 cents. Yeah, here you go. So you're uh, supposed to protect him from me. That's what the gentleman says. Yeah. Well, you do an easy job, Dudley. I don't care if I never see that creep again so long as I live. You changed your mind, huh? What do you mean? A couple days ago when you were in his office, didn't you say, uh, I'll see you again. Want a little more cooperation, close quote. Maybe I can't remember. Well, that's what you said. See, I got it all on tape. You bugged his office? Sure. Hey, when we knew you were coming to see him. Hey, remember how he led you in his office? You were expecting me. Oh, sure. <laughs> the whole bank was expecting you. What we were hoping was that you'd pull some muscle on Boyd. Yeah, me and two bank guards would have nailed you before you'd have touched him. No. And then you'd bend back up the river out of the way, you see. But you didn't, so... I got the tape of you threatening him. Be real bad if you're a parole officer about that. You don't have to blackmail me, Dudley. I wouldn't dirty my hands on Boyd. You can have the rest of my beer. I don't want it. You leaving so soon, Miss Wilcox? Bug off. Hey, Al, where you plan to sleep in the night? With a dollar and some small change. You're really full of questions, aren't you? You got any more? Matter of fact, I have. <laughs> Where'd you hide the money you stole? You're very funny. Harry, you came back. Come on in. Janet, come on in. Can I uh, stay one more night? Of course you can. Hello, Harry. Now, look. I don't blame you for wanting to get me off your hands. If I can borrow enough for bus fare, I'll, uh... Now, you listen to me. Janice and I have done some talking, and oh, I think I can use you at the store. No, 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 Bert. That's nice of you and all, but I... It won't be much. Just janitor work at night. But I'll leave your days free to look for something better. You don't have to do that. I want to. Besides, I need someone. How about it? When do I begin? Tomorrow night.
We're closed. Oh, for Pete's sake. Look, can't you see we're closed? Hi, neighbor. Hey, remember me? Oh, get out of here, Dudley. No, now, don't disappoint me, none. See, I just had my mouth to set on a strawberry cone. Look, this is my first night on the job. No, I won't stop you. I won't stop you. You just go right on with your sweeping. You work, and I'll talk. you got nothing I want to hear. Now, beat it. Oh, but I have. For starters, see, I don't work for Boyd no more. Now, wouldn't you like to know why? Come on in. Watch where you walk. Okay. You don't work for Boyd now? That's right. See, hundred days peanuts <laughs> stacked up against thirty-one grams. Where are you going to get thirty-one grand from you? What do you use for brains? Oh, I get by. You see, thirty-one grand is half of the sixty-two grand you heisted from the savings and loans. And you know, sooner or later, you're going to dig it up. And when you do, I'm claiming half of it. So, you really in business for yourself, or is this one of Boyd's ideas? Oh, Boyd don't have the money. Oh, at first I thought he did, but then I went down and read the transcript of the trial. Oh, defense was very complete. They tried every which way to make Boyd your accomplice. He was my accomplice. He planned the whole thing. I was washing windows, and he came down one day, and he told me he could arrange it so there'd be nobody in the place at noon except him. He even gave me the satchel. I was supposed to fill it with money, walk out of the bank, and leave the satchel in his car in the parking lot. Only you just took off with it. I didn't take off with it. He told me he'd be watching me. And if I didn't do as we agreed, he'd hit the burglar alarm and finger me as a stick-up artist. I put the dough right in his car, just like he said. And then I went on home and waited. But the cops came instead. Right. What must have happened was, as soon as I was out of sight, Boyd blew the whistle on me and hid the money himself. Uh, no, no, it didn't happen that way. See, I'd done a little more checking on Boyd. Been eight years since that robbery, almost nine. Now, in that time, Boyd ain't touched a dime. He owes money all over town. He don't make that much of the savings and loans. Now, if he had $62,000 stashed away somewhere... He'd use some of it now and then. Bills weren't marked. Nobody knew the serial numbers. He'd have been perfectly safe put a couple grand a year of it in circulation. But he didn't. Why? Because he didn't have it. Well, I don't have it. Sure, then you don't mind if I just sort of keep an eye on where you go and what you do, do you? Be my guest. I hope you get flat feet. <laughs> too late, Mr. Wilcox. It's too late. All right, he got him. Is that you, Bert? No, it's me, sis. Oh, I thought it'd be Bert. He went out over an hour ago. Mm. Late. Close to Got the store all cleaned up. Want a beer? Oh, yeah. I could use one. Well, sit down. Here in the kitchen. Yeah. 
Hey, what's all this spread out on the table? Awesome plans. Didn't Bert tell you? He wants to open another store up the coastways. Hey, great. Yeah, you really caught yourself a hard worker there. If I could only find some guy who'd take a chance on me, well, I wouldn't have to sponge off you and Bert. You shouldn't feel you're sponging. You're doing a job. You're earning your money. That'll be Bert. Hello? What? Well, yes, it is. It's for you. Hmm. Hello. Uh, neighbor? Dudley? What do you want? was bothering you and you wanted to give me half. Wilcox, something bad is happening. Good night, we've been set up. And you really haven't got the money? No. And you haven't either, then. No? Then who the hell has? I have. What? Three, both of you. Bert! Who's this? You don't remember me, do you, boy? Of course, I've changed. You knew me as a kid in mechanics coveralls. What are you talking about? My brother-in-law, Bert, Mr. Boyd. I used to take care of your car, Boyd. Keep it polished and gassed up. At the garage, remember? But I quit that job the afternoon I came with my own set of keys and took your car for gas. And found the bag full of money on the back floor between the seats. Then you were the one who... So that's how you got to be a big ice cream man. That's right. But I've been getting nervous ever since you got back, Harry. Figured sooner or later you and Boyd would get together and figure it out. You must have taken my car right after Wilcox left the money in it. Well, there's just one more thing to do. What? Shoot you both and make it look like you fellows had a shootout. And then nobody will be left to ever blow the whistle on me. Well, now, that ain't quite accurate, Bert. <laughs> There'd be me. Neighbor, how about you relieving our friend of his gun while I keep him covered with mine? Then we all go and take a ride down to see the night duty officer at headquarters. Get this thing all cleared up. You come on now. Yes. Well, maybe Dudley wasn't such a dud after all. No, it 
took a pretty smart private eye to dig back into a nine-year-old crime and come up with a hunch. So he made three phone calls, one each to Dudley, to Boyd, and to Bert. Boomerang featured Ted Darms as Wilcox, Jim Kelly as Dudley, with Douglas Young, Marv Roseand, and Shirley Aries. Before we tell you about our next Crisis production, may I remind you that although our story was, of course, fiction, it is true that the problem of recidivism, paroled convicts returning to prison, is a major problem and a very real problem. If you're an employer or just a concerned citizen, do what you can to accept former prisoners back into the outside world. Contact your local office of Job Therapy. They'll tell you how you can help bring former offenders back into useful roles in society. Join us next time for Crisis. This is Jim French speaking.